welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And you know, Christy, we're in the new year. We and are. We are. And we wanted to tackle a tough topic, and that is about resilience. And boy, did we have a lot of it last year, right? That's right. I think that by the end of the show, we're going to realize that just the nature of 2020 <laughs> created uh, resiliency in people that because just because we were forced to exactly and yeah. where do we go from here is now that we're getting somewhat um back to normal or we're in the process of with the vaccine and moving through a new year i think that we need to look at how resilient are we um then we, we can really be look back and be proud of how Absolutely. how we handled such a, a terrible situation and a terrible year and circumstances that were out of our control all over the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, resiliency being the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. Uh, another one is the ability of a substance or an object to spring back into shape. Well, I think we now are in a time that we need to realize what our shape was, mm-hmm. what our shape is now. Do we want to go back to that shape? That's a good point. But I think that it's really interesting that we need to be aware of our shape right and for me i took that to mean do we know what we stand for what are your core values you know what does life look like to you of what shape you want to be in so reflection a little bit thinking back you know about the shape that you were in versus the shape that you are now and where do you want what shape you want to be in the future right I think, you know, kind of like on our New Year's show, we talked about New Year's resolutions. Being resilient may be a good focus for moving into the new year and into 2021 and all the stuff that we're taking with us from 2020. There's a lot of baggage that we're Mm -hmm. all going to have, some more than others, of what you lost. You know, some people lost a lot. Some people maybe, when it just comes to COVID maybe haven't been so affected as other people. Right. But you still had stay-at-home orders, quarantines, mask wearings, you know, regardless of what your belief of those things were. Those things challenged your shape. They challenged what do you believe and what are those things that are important because I think a lot of people, and for me, example, I think some of the things that I missed surprised me. I've only eaten indoors once. Mm. I don't really miss it. I know a lot of people who haven't eaten indoors at all. Uh, That may be a little thing, but some people have really struggled with not going out to eat. Well, especially with friends and family. Right, right, exactly. And those other things that we've done with friends and family. You know, during the quarantine, we drove around stuff and made stuff and, and dropped it off at people's doorsteps even we weren't supposed to be driving because <laughs> that was kind of how I could still keep a connection to my people, if you will, mm-hmm. and still see them and see that they were healthy and see that they were okay. Also quarantining and staying away from them all sure. at the same time. People zoomed, right? A lot. People did FaceTime more. People were playing games on FaceTime. Those are all part of being resilient, right? Finding those ways to take a difficult situation and keep yourself in shape. Fair enough. By yeah. using Zoom and all of the different means. You know, some people did Zoom New Year's Eve parties. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think that that's kind of what we want to talk about today is going into 2021 of let's take a look at 
the concept of being resilient because it is vitally important to be able to snap back into shape. In talking about the definition of recovering quickly from difficulties or toughness, is resilience a byproduct of being thrown into a situation? I think it, by definition it directly relates to a difficult situation and being tough and being tough through the situation, right. being able to snap back into shape. Again, I think that's the bigger question in that definition is what is your shape? If you don't know what your shape is, how do you know what you're bouncing back to? And I think oh, people bounce all over the place because they don't know what their shape is. That is a really good point. You know, yeah. we use the uh, mission statement idea of, you know, we want to go to Chicago, but we're on 65 South. Unless we have a roadmap, unless we know that our shape is we're supposed to be going north on 65 to get to Chicago, we don't necessarily know we're out of shape. So the reflection that we could take from that is thinking about the tough things that you went through and how you're going to bounce back into shape in the future, too. Because, I mean, these are learning experiences, right? Well, hopefully we've learned some skill sets Yes. over yes. the last 12 months and that we've been able to recognize when we're out of shape, I think because it threw us so out of shape, right? <laughs> and uh, the habits kind of that went along with that, even down to not going to bars or not going to restaurants, as simple as those things, not being able to go shopping. It takes 66 days to change a habit. We have been into this well more than 66 days. And even people's shopping habits have changed yes. since last year. You know, I mean, the beginning of this month when we celebrated New Year's Eve, that was one of the things that I thought about going through that process from, you know, probably nine o'clock on was really the difference in this year and last and how I spent it last year versus how I spent it this year. Way different. Uh, way different. How many people you spent it with, who oh, you spent it with, and what what did that look like? And what does that mean going through the next 11 months. Sure. Right? And bouncing back. So I think going through this show today, we need to really focus on at least, again, a lot of these shows we come up with because they're things that we struggle with. Right? You know, a lot of them are requests. Today is one that I put together because this was something that I really struggled with. Being aware of what was my shape, what is my shape now, what of those things have changed, and how quickly... We snap back into who we are when life throws us a curveball. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that whether we talk about personal stories or otherwise, it is good for people to understand that you are not alone in this situation. And these are more guidelines to help you get through either the next thing or what you're going through now, right? right. Well, because I think a lot of people have been out of shape for so long, even pre-COVID, mm -hmm. that I don't know that a lot of people even know what their shape really is. I agree with you. Well, it really is imperative to be the best us that we can be right to live a life on purpose which is again the whole time of our show right um it really is imperative that we know how to recover from the disappointments the failures those those major stressors that come into our life and understand and see when we're out of sync and how do we cope with that and i think resiliency and understanding that process and how we process that is really vitally important and being able to define it. And prior to the show, I don't know that I could have actually defined the ways in which I'm resilient. Even though I can pinpoint them now, this has really been a reflection for me of putting the show together of 
How am I resilient? Where do I struggle? What things am I not resilient on? What things am I way too elastic? And how can I work on those things moving forward? So I hope that everybody gets an idea and can kind of take those things out of the show as well. Absolutely. And I think for most people to hear this, I mean, maybe you found yourself last year in this situation, or maybe even currently, that you needed food assistance where you've never needed it before. That's up by what, 44% or 50% the last time I checked. So, I mean, this could be something in your tool chest that you could take out of this knowing that you don't have to get down about it. It's just a moment in time, right? Right. So, I mean, things like that. All of our listeners have some sort of situation that they're going through, whether it's COVID-related or not, that they could use these steps to really process what they're going through. Exactly. Well, and there's different types of resiliency. Okay. So I think that, that would make sense. That's going to, I think, help to understand that because we're all not good at everything, right? And we all know that there are certain triggers that we get in that we are not as quick to respond or <laughs> as quick to handle uh, healthily and right. properly. And other, and especially with people, you know, there are people who trigger us that we just don't respond to as well. But there are basically. Four different types of resiliency. Okay. The first one is psychologically being resilient, the ability to mentally or emotionally cope with a crisis or to return to the pre-crisis status. Kind of that's what we talked about earlier with mm-hmm. COVID, right? How do we return? How do we slowly start to return to that pre-COVID emotional status? Part of it is just to remain calm during the chaos and the crisis, and to move on from whatever, if it's an incident or, you know, COVID's been a long-term uh, negative consequence, right, for us as all people throughout the world. And it's not just been, you know, one person affected. It's the whole world has been affected. Absolutely. So the psychological resiliency is really how do you cope and, again, the, the basis of the resiliency of bouncing back to shape. And I think it's important to note when we're saying that you can cope with this, this is not pushing it way down and never thinking about it. It is the ability to mentally or emotionally cope with the crisis. And that, does that mean you need to talk to somebody? Sure. Does that mean that you get a buddy and you, ha- you hash it out? Sure. It doesn't, there's all right. kinds of different ways of doing that, but it's, I think it's important to note that it doesn't mean to bury it. That, well, I think that is not being resilient. I, I would agree with bearing you. Bearing is not snapping back into shape, right? <laughs> it is really hiding from it, and that is only going to cause you long-term consequences in the end, physically, emotionally, socially, all of those areas. Bearing stuff never helps anything. Right. And, I, and, and, and we're all good barriers oh, sure of things are, yeah. that we don't want to deal with, right? Um, but I think that's the whole basis of this show is don't bury, be resilient. Yes, The second one on this is kind of focusing on that a little bit is your emotional resiliency Mm. Um, is more the kind of those outside actions of how we deal with these things. The where the psychological are really your internal, your attitudes, your self-awareness, maybe your core values, those type of things. Your emotional is going to be your external, right? We talked about roll with the punches, Mm. those actionable steps, adapting without lasting difficulties, Knowing your boundaries, keeping good company, cultivating self-awareness, uh, forgiveness. Those are just all some okay. basic examples of how you externally, emotionally, how you take your actions of emotions and map them out with your psychological resiliency 
that are going to be your internal and those those areas of you know you use forgiveness as a tool to be resilient in relationships right right, right. you cultivate self-awareness from the emotional resiliency to counteract something maybe that you've done those type of things. So they work hand in hand together. Your psychological resiliency and your emotional resiliency do work together. I, that one totally makes sense to me. And again, you said cultivating. It's just that you don't turn on self-awareness like a light switch. Right. It if is, we've not drilled that home, right? You yeah. cannot force your own self-awareness and you certainly cannot force somebody else's self-awareness. Right. And so it's about, it's a skill set. You have to develop it over time, cultivating it. But do you think, and I'm just, this is a question, is knowing your boundaries, do you think people have become more aware of their boundaries or less aware of their boundaries during this? COVID? During COVID. Well, I'm, I'm curious I what your, just your opinion. I think that's a great question. I, I, can, I can't answer for anybody else, but I can say for me, I've probably become more aware of my boundaries and probably less resilient in being able to enforce them. Okay. There I you would go. say, to be honest, that's probably the truth because you don't want to be lonely, right? It's been a very lonely time. Mm-hmm. So at least that's my personal personal journey. Well, she I is a doctor, say. folks. So you know, <laughs> I would say I would say for me that I've become more aware of my boundaries and probably less able to enforce them. Interesting. Okay. I I was just curious because I don't know. I as we've talked about in other shows, I'm not a big boundary person. Mm-hmm. You know, I only know that you've crossed them after you've crossed them and danced on the other side a little bit. You know, so <laughs> right, right. I, so I just was curious as like you know I wonder if you had the feeling of that. Mm-hmm. But that's a great answer. I think that yeah, I a think lot that of would be a good feel. question to for our listeners to ask yourself. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, if you're out there, think about that for a moment. You know, yeah, are you better, question. more aware of your boundaries and less effective at you know, making people aware of them? I don't know. And some people may have stretched their boundaries, you know, realized mm. that they didn't need to be as rigid in their boundaries. Oh, that's a good one, yeah, too. I think that's possible. Yeah, because maybe being isolated made you break down some of those. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's another interesting question. It's something to explore. I mean, Absolutely. I got to tell you, we talk about boundaries a lot. And I think boundaries, unfortunately, we, we think of them as this wall. And it's here, and it's never going to move. But boundaries are not really like that. It's they, they contrast and they expand and you know, right. things happen that you might need to move them. So you yeah, know, I, I agree. I don't know what a therapist would say about that, but I agree. I agree with that. I think that <laughs> well, that's we are true. not there. And you have different <laughs> boundaries for different people. Sure, right, yeah. based on trust and based on past experience and based on the you know where that person falls in your life. Are mm-hmm. they one of your six people? Or are they your coworker? Or, you know, your boundaries, your physical space is definitely different oh, yeah. with different people. Your boundaries are definitely going to be different with different people, which takes us into the third resiliency of being your physical, being physically resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is pretty simple, right? The body's ability to adapt to changes, um, you know, maintain your stamina, your strength to recover. We, we see this easily in working out, right? Right. You go and you work out, you get sore. You go, you work out again, then your muscle grows, then it snaps back, and you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So you can really increase your physical well-being by being physically resilient. I And we've talked about this in a lot of different shows, and i got to tell you, I don't know how many people out there, but if they got the COVID-19, you know, like the freshman 12 or whatever <laughs> they call that, I, it, I think that understanding you know because we can't go to the gym 
Right. You know, we can't, or I guess gyms are open, but a lot of people are not going to them. We've opted not to do this. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, so developing a routine at home, much harder than what it seems like, but. We've been, we've tried the whole FaceTime. Yes. Working out together. And it's, a, it, you know, so I think understanding that resiliency, you right. know, finding ways to get your body moving, especially if it's cold out. I mean, it's really hard to get out there. I did find during the summer, though, during COVID, I, I, I enjoyed a walk on my lunch that I couldn't actually do because now I work from home and I have a park. And yeah. so, good. I mean, that yeah. was kind of nice. But I think you're right. You know, you it, with regular exercise, eating healthy, which is a hard one, but... You know, with so many people not going out to eat necessarily as much, there is a good side effect from that. Maybe you're eating at home better. I don't know that. Well, financially, it's been good for me to not eat out so much. (laughs) But the next one with the stress management, that's been my hardest one because... I agree um, with you. People who know me personally know that this is the first time in my life I've ever really struggled physically with something that I couldn't actually control. And Mm -hmm. I've struggled through this COVID with high blood pressure. And just started taking high blood pressure meds. And that has been emotionally really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. But I realized I could not manage the stress without it affecting my blood pressure in such a negative fashion. So right. I think a lot of people, you know, we talk about eating healthy and exercise and weight gain. There's, I mean, how many people have put on a lot of weight over this mm-hmm. whole COVID thing of being home and snacking all the time or whatever? You know, and getting a good night's sleep, that is oh, just yeah. so vitally important of which, again, that's been something that I've been affected by with COVID too, of not only the stress, but not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Because, partially because I'm not moving as much, again, not working out and doing different things that we would have done normally. Again, going for a walk, like you said, you know, implementing some kind of new routine. We, yeah, you're right. Because I got to tell you, even that we camp a lot, as people mm-hmm. know, we... And we, the last few times we camped, we didn't even go on a hike. The last no, we few normally times. always get up every morning at 7 o'clock and, and go, go on, on a hike. A, a and, hike, yeah. And we right. didn't do that the last couple of times. I, I'm not, I can't remember the last time we did it, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we, I, I guess that resiliency wasn't there. That was our normal thing that we did. Mm-hmm. And something changed from that normal. I'm not sure what it is, you know, but... It's definitely something we have to work on this right, exactly. <laughs> this year. But well, I mean, part of it was the reason why we were going camping was different. I mean, one of the main reasons why we true. were going camping wasn't because, hey, let's go camping. It was because we can't do anything else, so let's go camping. Yeah, that's so actually I don't know right if that, that actually worked, and I don't know. We have to think about that. But Yeah, ponder on that. Let's find out right. our resiliency on that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, and the fourth one on being resilient is a big picture, and that is community and or kind of social the sustainability of a community to use the available resources to respond, withstand, and recover from adverse situations. Again, there is no bigger picture on this of completely dropping the ball as with the election, with the virus uh, testing, with the vaccine. Commun- the whole thing. The whole thing. You know, some stay-at-home orders uh, as far as community, big picture, of, you know, we waited way too long to make masks mandatory. Okay, I get it. You don't want to wear it. Um, You don't have to wear it in your private spaces. But until we get through this, this is not something permanent. Yeah, we're a community. Just just care about your other people. Care about your community. And then socially, right? I mean, breaking it down into individual pieces. Again, the individual that's doesn't want to participate. Mm-hmm. The individual, what, and whatever that is, 
you have that right, right? We're Americans. We're not in Ecuador where it's martial law. You have that right. And you can execute that however you want to. But when it comes to a community being resilient, you have to be able to bounce back and withstand and recover these kind of adverse situations. And we are failing. (laughs) We have failed as a community, as a whole, and we have failed, I think, socially as individuals as a whole, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think majority have participated, and for that I'm grateful. Well, and i got to tell you, when you talk about the four, the four types of resiliencies, the community was, I did not think that that was going to be one of them. But after you talk about it, it totally makes sense because we're not an island. Right. We, we, we are a part of a community, whether you're a part of your neighborhood, your family unit... You know, we live in Indiana. You know, we're a community of people, of Hoosiers. I mean, we're talking about a community in whole. And it totally makes sense that you need a community to be resilient, for you to be resilient. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, it. it so think about that, folks. I mean, I, and again, whether the side you're on about your mask or not, you're talking about a community in whole. You know, would you go into a hospital of a cancer ward and say, no, I'm not going to wear a mask? The mask isn't for you. It's for these folks that have immune deficiencies. But you wouldn't do that. You're just like, oh, okay, yeah, i got to put a mask on. You know, th- because you are you want to be a better part of that community. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, there's no difference here. But So, yeah, think about that. When you're, when you're talking about resilience in a whole community, totally makes sense. Definitely big picture. Yeah, definitely So your psychological picture. and your community are going to be, you know, kind of your big pictures where your emotional and your physical are going to be more personal and going to be more detailed into your everyday existence. 100%, yeah. So with all four, basically we do need to understand how we respond in those four ways with stresses, with crisis, because that's what resiliency is about, is right recovering. You, you don't have to be resilient when the world's a great place, right? right. When you're happy and everything <laughs> is just chugging along perfect, uh, you don't you don't need to pay attention to resiliency, right? Kind of mm. like happiness, right? We don't pay attention to our happiness level at all until we're unhappy, right? Right? We don't we don't register. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy today. Rarely do we do that. That's right. That's when remember when comes in, you know. <laughs> but we just got to remember, right? That being able to recover helps us keep life from being overwhelming, mm, right? Good that's point. that's one of the things with resiliency is it, it makes life manageable. And you're not going to get stuck in those issues um, because long-term mental health issues come out of not being resilient. Getting stuck and not being able to bounce back mm-hmm. causes everything from, you know, it affects your problem-solving skills, you mm-hmm. heart disease, cancer, yeah. everything. Physical, mental, mental, everything Emotional, happens. everything, if you're not going to be resilient. Totally makes sense. And I got to tell you, that's what people need to really think about. Because the overwhelming part is you replaying this thing over and over and over again. It's like a a record that just won't stop. Well, and a lot of those things, you know, we've talked about drilled in COVID, but just heartaches, perceived failures. Mm -hmm. Those are two of the big things that really uh, being resilient really helps us get past those issues those things that are just day-to-day things that happened well before COVID, right? Right. And just basically surviving, right? I mean, life is hard. Mm-hmm. Life is hard for everybody. And when other people aren't resilient and, you know, they can really affect your bubble 
And when you're not being resilient and bouncing back can definitely negatively impact those other people <clears throat> in your circle. So. Well, and I think, it, again, we've talked about this earlier in the show, but when we're talking about heartache and perceived failures, I mean, we are talking about people that might have lost everything during this time of COVID. You know, yep. you, you, lost, you may have lost your place to live. You may have uh, lost your income. You, and like I say, talking about people that have never needed food assistance before, now having to do that. I don't care who you are. That's a heartache. And that is a perceived failure. Well, and stress management right there. Yes. And so I think that these are the things that we're talking to you if you are if you have been a part of this. But it could be as simple as you haven't been able to see your grandmother in six or eight months or whatever it is. Right. Or all of the seniors that are, you know, basically locked into facilities that are being told for the first times in their life that... They are prisoners. Exactly. Yeah. And so what we're talking about is being able to recognize that, you know, and recover quickly from it. And because this is not you, this is a moment in time. You are not a failure because you, you lost your job because they had no business due to COVID. Right. You know, so. It's tough though. Yeah. It's It's tough. tough. It is is really tough. I mean, neither one of us have been affected by that specific thing. Thank goodness. We're in the minority on that. Yes. And that's what I'm telling you. If you are out there and you're listening to this, this is a terrible time you're going through. And heartache and, you know, perceived failures, that's what they are. Perceived failures. You will move on from this. But you need to know you will move on from this. Right. You 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 have to believe that. That's true. Well, according to Dr. Ginsberg, there are seven C's of integral and interrelated components that make up being resilient. Okay. Okay. So if we want to look at all the things that we've talked about and how do we build on that, how do we become more resilient, there are seven C's that tell us how to do that. Okay. The first one is competence, right? Mm -hmm. We did a whole show kind of on confidence, which relates to that. Ability to know how to handle a stressful situation effectively having the skills to face challenges and opportunities to practice those skills. Uh, those are things, you know, it's like praying for patience, right? Have you ever heard that? Don't pray for patience because God's going to give you every opportunity to practice. Right. Um, but by practicing and succeeding, we feel more competent in dealing with the situations. Fair okay? enough. So how confident do you feel? And that comes from being having confidence, right? And the belief in one's own abilities. When we are ex expressing confidence it is demonstrating that we feel competent that would right? make did sense, a whole yeah. show on that if, yep. if that is something that interests you um we did a whole show that and on self-esteem that kind of linked together the next one is connection people with close ties to friends family and community groups are likely to have a stronger sense of security and a sense of belonging makes sense that's why homeless kids and kids that uh, are abandoned and so forth are far more likely to get into gangs mm-hmm. and, and things because they need that connection. That community. That community. People with strong connections are more likely to have stronger values and less likely to seek out destructive behaviors. Again, there is a direct link to not having connections to uh, drug and alcohol problems, gang activity, um, prison numbers, all of those things. Having connection is vitally important, and that is really tough when we live in a society that 80% of the population says that they don't have a close friend. Right, right. Well, and even more so now, even if the 20%, they wouldn't be able to see their close close friend. Exactly. So connection is, yeah, again, if you're struggling with being resilient during COVID, that could be a very pivotal 
point right there right. of that connection is really contributing to not being able to be resilient because you don't have those connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the next is character, which is mm-hmm. kind of your mental and moral quality distinctive to an individual. So people with positive character traits have a strong sense of self-worth and confidence. Again, you're going to be more competent if you actually have a strong sense of who you are, what you stand for, and what you will and will not accept, your boundaries, like we talked about earlier. Are you in touch with those things, right? Those Your values, um, are you comfortable sticking with them during difficult situations? Mm, that's, that's a good tough. one, yeah. A strong sense of right and wrong and preparing to make those choices. That's a tough one, too, because that's very subjective. People's opinion of what right and wrong are could be completely different from person <sighs> to person. Don't we know from so, 2020? Right. So how confident are you on your right and wrong and the choices that you make? Are they in alignment with your core values? That, yeah. Contribution? Do you feel like you're contributing to the world? You know, Do you f- have positive feelings that you're making the world a better place? regardless of who you are, we we are social beings. Mm-hmm. We desire to be seen. We desire to be part, again, the connection. But we also desire to feel like we're making a difference. I will say that that, that is a good one for people to hear because how often do you come across people or even yourself that sometimes you're, you know, what am I contributing what, what am I doing, you know? And sometimes I sit there and think, you know, I'm only making a company more money. You know, what, what does that do for the greater good? So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people feel that way. But, I mean, during the COVID times, it could be really rough. You know, what are you contributing? You know, you may feel like you're not contributing anything. But, again, it's a moment in time. It's not forever. Well, and find a way to contribute. There's all kinds, oh, of, gosh, there's yeah. all kinds of things you can do to be more contributory to your family, to your community. Uh, it, you don't have to, you know, run for political office to feel like you're contributing. That's a great right? point you for can, people to understand. You can do all kinds of things. You can smile to a stranger on the street that helps them make a better day and you are now contributing to the world being a better place. Right, right. And that is a mindset. And a lot of people don't believe that something small like that is contributing. Okay, that's your paradigm that needs to shift because that is making a difference. Mm-hmm. So those are all personal uh, things that you need to investigate of how how exactly are you contributing. Coping is the next. Uh, People that have good coping skills are far better at tackling life's unforeseeable challenges, which then in turn obviously means if you have better coping skills, you have better problem-solving skills, and you're going to be more resilient just by definition. Can you see bad situations as temporary rather than permanent? And can you see things at, at a smaller detail, right? Can you see it more specifically? Instead of the overriding theme that I can't cope with this specific situation, so I'm an overall failure. Right, Okay, right. we're not all good at everything, so you're going to have your pieces that you're not good at coping, and those are going to be your triggers, likely, and those mm-hmm. are going to be areas that you struggle that you are not necessarily so resilient. How well are you coping, and can you work on developing better coping skills in the areas that you're not so good. Well, and I, for me personally, I think coping is part of your six people. I will, I, because for me, and I don't know if we brought this up on the show, but I had a flood in my house and you came over to help me and I was completely freaked out by this and I was not coping with it well. I mean, of course I wasn't, my hair wasn't on fire or something <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. but it was, it had thrown me 
for a loop. And I think saying it, you came over, you're like, okay, this is what you need to do. This, because you had been through this before. So I think coping can also be your six people. Because yeah, you have may have point. never gone through a situation. Yeah. Find that person that of your six people that may have had some similar situation or has gone through something like that. They may be, have, be able to give you some insight. Well, and have a different skill set than you do. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for me, at least coping, I think that it's a good skill set to develop, but I think it's also your six people. Yeah, very well said. Uh, the last of the seven is going to be control. You know, when we think we have control of our life through our choices and we're able to make better decisions and face challenges with more confidence when we feel like life happens through us. The Western way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? If you're if you if you have an Eastern way of thinking, life happens to you, that you have absolutely no control. Those societies actually function much better than ours, I think, and are much happier than ours. Um, but that's not what we're taught, right? It's ingrained in us that we need to have control of ourselves, our actions, that we can be anything that we want to be. And if you're a failure in your life, it's because you didn't work hard enough. It's not that life. You know, it didn't right. just happen to you. So we feel that we need to have control. Some people live in extreme in this, that they're a victim and they have absolutely no control. And some people have to have control to the most minute detail. Those two places are going to be extremely unhealthy and you are mm-hmm. not going to be resilient in those places. So having some healthy state of control, I think, is where you're going to be able to be more resilient if you're somewhere in the middle. Right. I mean, I guess you could say that one is a palm tree and the other one, you know, be a palm tree. Move with it. Right. Because one is it just, it, it's, you're just stringent. You, you can't, you're just going to break if something happens. And the other one, you're always, you're going to be a tree laying on the ground. Yeah. So. Well, and it's kind of made up of five different things of, of all that we've talked about so far, right? If you want to break it down. Self-aware. Again, we're talking about being self-aware of areas that you are resilient. Mm -hmm. And those seven C's that we just talked about. How self-aware are you and how you are triggered, how you respond, and how resilient you are in those areas. It comes back to mindfulness, right? Sure. Being being in the moment, that's where life happens, is in the moment. Um, How well are you at your self-care items so that you can take care of yourself when you're trying to cope, right? That would make sense. Positive relationships, as you talked about, connections, coping, um, all of those things have to do with your six people and your positive relationships. And positive is the word. (laughs) Right, right. There you go. And purpose. Again, we talked about that in the seven C's of being purposeful. How well do you feel that you have competence, confidence, your coping skills? How much control do you actually have? Mm -hmm. Um, And that you feel that you can bounce back. Well, and I think really, if you think about those pillars, write them down. They're not hard, you know, Mm self-awareness, mindful, self-care, positive relationship and purpose. Develop a plan off those things if you want to. And if you want to really work on this, uh, Dr. Crow, co-founder of the and the program director of Center for Learning Connections, identified seven common traits and people that are highly resilient. So if you need to be more resilient in your life, we're going to quickly go through. These are seven common traits that you can work on developing a better skill set in. Okay. That uh, he has identified as ways with which you can be more resilient in your life. 
Okay, the first one is resilient people have positive self-image of the future. They're optimistic, maintain a positive outlook, and envision brighter days ahead. They have solid goals, and they desire to achieve those goals. Okay, goals being achievable. Okay, <laughs> they have to be achievable. Just because you have some pipe dream does not mean that that goal is achievable. Right. They're empathetic and compassionate. They don't waste time and worry about what others think, and they have healthy relationships and don't cower to outside pressure. They never think of themselves as victims. They kind of focus on changing the things they have control over and managing the things that they don't. Hmm. That makes perfect that sense. That does make perfect right? sense. He stated that how we view adversity and stress strongly affect how we succeed. Absolutely. That's true. Right? I mean, if you think of yourself as a victim, that is exactly what you're going to be. If you think that other people control you, then you're going to let other people control you. If you think that life is not fair, then you're going to see everything that life is not fair. Just like Othello Bach talked of in our first show of 2021, you are going to see exactly what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. You'll find it. You'll find it. Whatever it is you're looking for, you're going to find it. That's right. And then the last of this is going to be the 11 signs that you're resilient. Okay. So, so these are people that are already resilient. These are the signs that show yeah, that. This is from uh, Annie Kane and came up with a list in the Business Insider. And this is uh, from July 24th of 2016. I thought this list was great. So we've kind of talked about what it is to be resilient. Um, the C's with which how to define that. We've talked about areas that... You can improve on it, and these are signs that it's actually working, right? How do you measure if you're if you're working on this that your resiliency is getting better? And these are eleven ways that you can do that. There you go. You hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Number one, resilient people don't blame other people or outside force for their problems. Two, you don't complain. Okay, maybe you vent. <laughs> maybe you have an right. attitude, but you're not going to get stuck in the complaining state. Three, you're self-aware. I mean, how many times have we said that so far in the last 45 minutes of being self-aware? Right. Practicing practicing mindfulness and cultivating a self-awareness of being in the moment. But again, practice makes perfect. Exactly. (laughs) You accept your limits. No one is perfect and no one is limitless. So we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. How are you going to maximize your strengths how are you going to mitigate your weaknesses? What opportunities are you going to take advantage of? And what threats do you need to manage or eliminate? Okay. Pretty much anything you want to do is with a SWOT analysis, right? With right. strengths, weaknesses, <laughs> opportunities, and threats. The fifth, don't be afraid to ask for help. So many people. Me too. Yep. I'm in that. Being strong enough to ask for help. And again, like you talked about in your connections and your control, knowing who to go uh, for yeah. for help. You know, if you Very were going to go to a person who has been divorced five times for relationship advice, <laughs> that is probably not a good choice of who to ask for help. It's if definitely going to end well. Right. Not if you're well. going to look at somebody for a model for saving money that's filed bankruptcy three times, probably not a good choice. Right. So know who to go for and ask for the help that you need. Your your six people probably all have different skill sets. Go to the right one. If somebody's telling you yes all the time, uh, that's probably not in your best interest, right? You no, know, totally people makes need sense. to challenge you. Don't worry about 
looking stupid or feeling bad or, or whatever, ask for help from the appropriate people. Well, I guess so. If you got six strong people in your life, you should never be afraid to ask for help. Right, because they've 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 got their own right weaknesses as well. So that they're hopefully going to come to you at some point and ask for help. <laughs> Number six is never wallow. Okay. Grieve your losses and make a plan to move on. Okay, that's tough. That is, <laughs> especially in the in twenty twenty, we had a lot of literal and figurative losses right. of twenty twenty. And grieving those losses is is going to be part of twenty twenty one. Yeah, and we're not saying flippantly. Grieve your losses, move on. You, right, no, no, we're not saying it flippantly. We're moving saying, on is grieving your losses. Yes. that is part of that process. And whether you need help doing that, you know, by yeah. talking to somebody, but you know that you have to grieve those losses. But the important part is, is that at some point you know you have to move on because if not, that is the definition of wallowing in something. Right. Exactly. Well said. Uh, seven, uh, you don't compare yourself to others. Woo! Yeah, good luck with Facebook on that, because that's all we do is compare ourselves with others. Um, Again, the number one reason why Americans are so unhappy is because we compare ourselves to other people, especially through social media. (laughs) Eight, you find humor in the absurd, (laughs) laughing at yourself, of which everybody knows I don't have that great of a sense of humor, so that is (laughs) one I need to work on. Nine, you know you can't plan everything. That is so true. Yes, we learned that in 2020 as well. Uh, no matter what kind of plan you want in place and you want to work your plan, there's got to be contingencies in place because we've learned life is going to throw you for a loop. That is so true. Ten, you cultivate a support system. Six people. Six people. And eleven, you take care of yourself. Again, those self-care items. What do you need to do to refill your tank? What do you need to do to have better coping skills? What things do you, you know, do you need to take a break Mm-hmm. Do you need to take a nap? Do you need to get away from people? Do you need to have social interaction? What do you need to do to take care of yourself? Because you can't take care of anybody else until you can take care of yourself. And we'd like to point out that just because this is number 11 doesn't mean that it's the last thing you have to do. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we probably could have prioritized them right. differently. And different people definitely would have prioritized Sure. Things differently based on their skill sets. But that's what, it, when we say take care of yourself, because you're absolutely right. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to take care of anybody else. No, no that's been very clear through 2020 as well. Well, there we have it. So we have some resiliency plans, if you will, or at least a, a, an idea of how to start it, work it, cultivate it, and see your progress of it, right? Right. So, I mean, I want people to take that and really kind of just marinate on it. You know, just find your, whatever they are, your boundaries, your community. Just go wild with it, you know, so then that way you can be better resilient. Well, we ran into this topic on one of the shows. I think it was one of the Christmas shows. I think Santa or something talked about being resilient, which is where I got the topic. And I thought... Yeah, I really need to investigate this for myself because right. this was something I struggled with with 2020. And moving into 2021, um, you know, it's only been a month and uh, I'm still really struggling with areas with which to be resilient. Well, and to help people out, what is your final thought on this? Well, being resilient means that when we do fail or when crisis hits, we can recover without getting stuck or at least not getting stuck for too long then we can learn the lesson at the time rather than repeating the same mistake over and over again. And boy, that getting stuck in that repeating the same mistake over and over and again 
is tough. But then we can move on to bigger and better things. We can gain that self-awareness that we've talked about through this entire show, that we can learn that all along the steps in the process, that we need to understand that life is always changing, and with change comes stress and challenges. And as um, Mary Prevalona said, change means you're losing something. So it is going to be stressful. We can learn better skill sets for personally becoming more resilient. That was a clearly in this show that we gave some examples of if you want to get better at this, you, there are ways that you can build a skill set around this. Uh, how self-aware are we when we're dealing with life sending us a curveball? Some of us are good in some areas and bad in others, and we need to know what those areas are. How well are you emotionally and psychologically? And how do we react and are we able to remain control in our lives with our emotions, our actions, and our situations in those curveball situations? Can we think of new ways of dealing with old and new problems? That's a tough one because, uh, you know, 2020 is gone. We can't react in 2021 the same way to problems that we did in 2020. Or even more appropriately, we couldn't address 2020 problems from tools that we had from 2019. I think as a whole, this topic is far tougher than we get it credit for. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I, just, I wanted to do the show, that I really started thinking about, oh, there are ways that I am not resilient at all, and I really need to work on that skill set. So I think that we need to look at these areas that we are, what areas do we need to practice, what areas do we struggle, and how can we get an end goal, an end view of what being more better resilient in those areas that we need to practice looks like. Take some inventory of where you don't bounce back as quickly as you like and start working on becoming a bit more self-aware, start practicing and developing more resilience in the areas that you struggle. I think that's great advice for anybody. You know, start now, start here. And then that way you can really prepare yourself for the next time. Because I promise you, there it may not be of this magnitude, maybe. Who knows? But it'll pre- it'll better prepare you for whatever the smaller things are. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So we're about out of time for this show. And we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com. Or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.